Well, something you don't hear a lot about these days when it comes to nomad life or van life is the fact that we spend a lot of time in parking lots, Walmarts, Cracker Barrels, rural grocery stores, I don't know, Denny's, any place that'll let us hang out all night. Truck stops are one of my favorites, but lately I've become kind of partial to Walmarts. I am in Provo, Utah, and today we're going to we're going to visit the Walmart and I'm going to do the podcast when I walk through uh, the Walmart because you know, it's just replete with screaming children and all the sounds that are familiar to anyone that's been to a super center anytime in the past. And it's a great background to talk about the goings-on of the current financial crisis, the inflation and stock prices and all these things that I am watching very closely because I'm waiting for fuel prices to come down. And uh, then I can make a new plan. So we're going to talk about all that in podcast 1063, the Bob Davis Podcasts. Well, I gave a big list of people uh, that were giving donations to the Bob Davis Podcast. Really appreciate all of you guys supporting the podcast. It's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, especially iTunes. And if you really want to help me, subscribe to uh, the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes. Getting a lot of uh, reaction to some of the stuff I'm doing um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram and especially LinkedIn and I really appreciate uh, those of you supporting me there. If you want to make a donation to the Bob Davis Podcast, all you have to do is uh, scroll down the right side of the page. You're going to see a picture of Mobile Podcast Command. Big donate button. Click on it. You can donate whatever you want. You could also do a thing where you donate five bucks every month and that is something I really appreciate and thanks for listening, sharing and uh, enjoying the Bob Davis Podcasts. In the Walmart... Now, I'll see if I can find some fairly isolated places so that I'm not making a spectacle of myself. I'm in Provo, uh, Utah. And I'm in Utah for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm going to get all-terrain tires on the front. That is happening in about four or five days. They had to order them. And the reason they had to order them is I get, I, I want all generals on my truck. I don't like mixing and matching tire brands, so I ordered the same front tires as I have on on the back. So that will make uh, traveling off-road a little bit in some of these campgrounds and BLM places. I'll feel a little bit more secure because I'll have more rubber between the inside of the tire and the road when I am on one of these uh, crazy off-road efforts that I uh, often end up doing. And if you listen to the last podcast, then uh, then you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, you listen to that podcast about uh, being way back in the, in the wild, so to speak, uh, at Dinosaur National Monument. And uh, I want to get new, I want to get uh, all-terrain tires on the front. One side is pretty worn out, so that's one of the reasons I'm in Provo. The other reason is I've got an appointment with the, the diesel guys at Gillette Diesel down in Salt Lake on August 11th. So I'm so I'm just going to hang around here, and I've kind of I'm enjoying Utah. Uh, it's a little different from Colorado. You know, I'm spending more time in Walmart parking lots and so forth because it's I don't want to travel too far and go camping and then have to travel back 
because I'm I'm just in the region. The cool thing about Provo is there are several campgrounds right in uh, the area. So we're dealing with smaller travel distances. So some of these campgrounds are like 15, 20 miles at the most away from the city. And Provo itself is a relatively, uh, well, it looks like a big city. It feels like a big city, but uh, it's kind of, it's about 500,000. And then I don't know how many people live in the, in the surrounding suburbs. There's a lot of building and there's a lot of uh, development going on. The other thing I've noticed, and I, you know, Walmart is kind of my reference point because you can go to Walmarts all over the country and you're going to see a certain sociographic of people, and it's very interesting. Here, you can hear it in here. I've never seen so many kids in a Walmart, and I've been to this Walmart like two or three times. I've never seen so many kids here because... This is a very, uh, compared to, I'm trying to think of a good example, compared to Phoenix, compared to um, some of the other places I've been, uh, this is a much younger community. This is a demographically younger community, and it is also something like 80% LDS. And that's kind of a culture. It's kind of a a background. So a little background on Provo. Uh, It was the first out-settlement from Salt Lake uh, back in the day. So Brigham Young sent a, a group up to uh, Provo to, to open up, uh, uh, you know, sort of an outpost, and they did, and then they had problems with the Indians because the Indians didn't take too well to these people taking their land. It's the same old story, and eventually Brigham Young sent an army up here, and they took care of it. So, you know, the thing that's fascinating about the West is this was all happening when i mean there really was no law there was no federal army i mean this this was an army of mormons that came up here so that's kind of the history of the town i did a little checking online and people have said you know this is kind of a a burgeoning tech community it is a uh there's a lot of um you know high-tech employers as well as a steel mill and some other stuff here and uh, a military base so at least a couple of military bases or accesses to military bases around here so uh you know it's a younger community and there's that and and so it's a kind of an interesting experience because a lot of walmarts there's a lot of old people at walmarts really old and they're out of not good shape bad health and everything else these people uh are young they have lots of kids they're in good shape there's a gym right around the corner there's gyms all over this town and it's a it's a neat place i kind of like it uh, the thing i was going to say is i did some research because i wanted to know if if the town is 80 percent or something lds what's it like if you move here and you're an atheist or you move here and you're uh catholic and I couldn't find too many negative. Most people said that it's a nice town. It's just Provo doesn't have a lot of bars. There's not a lot of places if you like to go dancing, clubs, and things like that. Most people go home and stay home. A lot of people are married. And that's how you hear all these kids in here. And there are all kinds of different people here. Obviously, mostly you know white people. But uh, there's a fair amount, 18 or 19 percent of the community is uh, Latino and has been for many, many years. 
and then there are um, you know a few other groups which are smaller ethnic groups so it's a you know it's similar it's kind of what I think probably Minneapolis was like in 1960 that's what it feels like and I hope it never grows much beyond that but it's also different because it has all these mountains and and it, it's just gorgeous and I think one of the things that's really interesting about travel in the West, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to so go low and slow. So I'm staying in these communities for longer periods of time. I stayed in Colorado over a month. It's going to end up being the same thing here in Utah for a different reason, because I have to, I have, I had this plan to get these things done to the truck, and you know, I, I, I I'm working the plan and. The thing about today is you can't just drive in and uh, and just get something. You can't just show up at a at a, a discount tire shop and go, "Hey, I'm looking for these tires." They're like, "Well, we can get them, but it's going to take five days." As a result of working the plan and not just charging off in another direction because of the price of fuel, I am here at uh, you know in uh, Provo just kind of checking it out and and spending time in the walmart parking lot as well as some of the campgrounds around provo and some of them are beautiful that some of them you can't get into because they're reserved uh, you have to make reservations i'm going to check one out here shortly that is way up in the mountains that is first come first serve so you know not all the campgrounds are available but if you can get to them on a monday or tuesday you're better off than otherwise and so i'm just kind of hanging around here and i was in heber city which is another town that has a, a mormon history and then i went down to salt lake and came back up so i'm i'm here in the middle in provo and then i'll head down to south salt lake in a week or two i don't know what i'm going to do in the interim between posting this podcast and getting my new tires on the 26th of july but i'll be you know bombing around here for a while and uh, enjoying it we are living in a dream world a real life matrix and it's a matrix that functions uh, much better than uh, you know even the wildest dreams of creators of so-called virtual reality or the the example of the matrix in the movie the matrix and all the different matrix movies even for the naturalist the nomad the survivalist what we are experiencing is the effect of being whiplashed by the operators of this real-life matrix. This isn't like a conspiracy theory where I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that uh, these guys are operating this and this is what they're doing and this is how it works and they've got things in our heads and so forth. This is what I would refer to as a financial matrix and it's significant because one of the things we never notice is the behavior that uh, the real life matrix uh, initiates in human beings otherwise known as American citizens and we'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast yeah we're talking about uh, economic stuff and economic stuff financial stuff is uh, uh, is real hard you can imagine what it's like to come into the Walmart with um, you know your kids uh, especially the kids that scream while you're trying to figure out how much money you have left to get the Cheerios that they want and then they want a toy and everything else there's a lot of stress whether you're working at some place or you're still working uh, you know on you know online at home 
you might need a little bit of stretching and breathing and some tools to help reduce your stress and keep you healthy. And for that, I can recommend BU Enterprises. BU Enterprises has a whole bunch of mix and match, a la carte things that you can do. They can do stuff with companies via Zoom. They can do individuals and families via Zoom. And they can help you offload some of the stress without making it a gym thing. That's what's great about it. Click on the banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com that says BU Enterprises for more information. So the matrix and the coming whiplash, and I'll explain what that is in a second, but the whiplash first is uh, our everyday finances, where we spend, how we spend, how we save, and even how uh, people invest. Second, the whiplash is seen in these knock-on social pressures and what people do to seek relief from those social pressures, which often have a root in finance. And then third, it's apparent in uh, our worldview. We know Matt see it, and I've mentioned this a couple times, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. It is not meant as a negative judgment for people who have chosen to buy houses and live in the world and have a job and raise kids because they're in love and they want to raise kids or because they feel this is what they need to do or they're just this is what they do and they're happy I am not criticizing that but I will tell you that every time I come into a town it's not as bad in Provo but it was significant in uh, in the Denver area uh, parts of Fort Collins and generally speaking when I enter a metropolitan area especially a big metropolitan area it's apparent that people are under a great deal of pressure and, and it's something that you can feel and I I couldn't put a finger on it I couldn't tell you that it's because of this or here's an example of it but I do feel that people are really feeling the pinch and and statistically you would just simply say that incomes even with people's raises and getting better jobs and so forth even with minimum wage increases in some places Wages are just not keeping up with 9.5% inflation. And this has been the problem. And if you chart that, uh, and those charts are available at FRED, which is the St. Louis Federal Reserve or the Philadelphia Federal Reserve, you know, you can see the that the wages are just not keeping up. And so what people have been doing to fill the gap is use their credit cards and uh, and uh, and now they are basically they've used up their savings and they're using their credit cards and people are kind of coming undone because if you have to travel for work even in a small town like this you're driving across town and some of these distances are pretty significant we then develop a worldview based on our experiences and what we hear and what's available some people watch Bloomberg TV all day some people watch CNN some people don't watch anything some people go to websites they watch YouTube wherever the information comes from uh, a lot of the social pressure and the financial pressure translates into theories and so forth about what is going on basically it comes down to look in your wallet how much money we have in our wallet determines how we feel about things on any given day. We work to put money in that wallet. And if we're smart, which I wasn't, but if we're smart, we're told when we're an ancient 62 or 68 and, quote, can't work anymore, and we'll have money that we've saved to live on to supplement our Social Security, which is an also you know, a contract with 
the government and the people. So we're talking about comfort in old age. Or when we uh, amass enough money to retire. For some people it's 52 or 48 and others it's uh, 68 or younger depending on how much money. And to a degree that is a contract. That's a social contract we make. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to save 25% or 50% of my money. I'm going to invest my money in the stock market or bonds. I'm going to buy real estate. And at a certain point in life, I'm going to have some kids. I'm going to have to send them to college or we'll use student loans. And if, if I'm careful and I invest my money when I reach a certain point in my golden years, I can retire and do all the things that I've wanted to do all this time that I've been sacrificing for my my wife or my husband and my family. We work for money, we save and invest, retire and live in comfort at 68 or before, right? We buy houses, we raise families, we have opinions about things, we spend hours uh, being entertained by various uh, electronic uh, uh, means. The pressures of all this life are eased by wonder drugs, fake food, nice furniture, outdoor uh, barbecues, you know, nice clothes, nice cars. All of it is doesn't really mean anything. None of it can be taken with you. For the most part, when you're here at Walmart, you're just seeing people with their families buying staples. I don't see any more big screen TVs and carts. I don't even see those fans that they sell for 20 bucks or 25 bucks in carts. I see a lot of uh, those big bags of Cheerios and flour and sugar and, and other things like that in these carts, juice, and, and basically the basic survival, uh, the things that basically feed a family. And one wonders, as I kind of alluded to earlier, how does the American consumer deal with it? And the answer is debt, just the way the government and the, uh, the people that run the matrix the banks and the, uh, the, the public-private partnership known as the Federal Reserve, they also deal with it by uh, debt. They create debt, and debt is money, and that is the matrix. It's that simple. So the pressures to conform, to agree, to join a tribe, to wear the colors of that tribe, to worship and obey, and to follow the impulses of our, quote, heroes the influencers, the sports figures, the movie stars, things like that who are essentially avatars for uh, supposedly real people. This all works out if the equation leaves some money, uh, you know, at some point to be invested for later use, whether it's real estate, real estate never goes down in value, and stocks, stocks always come back. The market always comes back. And so we're comfortable because we feel wealthy. We can buy things, we can get credit with our plastic and increasingly electronic money. And in this, as I walk around this, uh, this Walmart, this beautiful brand new Supercenter with, uh, I mean, the, the shelves are just literally groaning with goods and the, there's tons of goods of all kinds in the aisles. And this is true of Walmarts all over the country. As you know, I've been on the warpath for months about how inventory is the big problem in retail. But what we do is increasingly irrelevant as long as we have something like a YouTube channel or a good Instagram feed or a lot of friends on Facebook. 
our kids? Well, it's interesting because a recent study indicated more young people want to be a YouTube star than go to space, get an education, uh, you know, any of that. And in a sense, I don't blame them. And then someone up there cracks the whip. And this is how we discover the real matrix, a system where debt equals money, generated electronically through a private bank in partnership with the US government. The private bank, the Federal Reserve, doesn't print money, but it doesn't have to because it's creating debt. The more debt there is, the more companies and individuals can borrow from banks and uh, investors. Assuming that we all can pay this money back, the banks double and triple their deposits and thus their profits. And businesses are built on debt when it's all working. Business investors, in fact, don't even call it debt. They call it liquidity. You'll often hear people, when they talk about the markets, they talk about, well, how much liquidity is being taken out or put into the market. Those who understand all this and how to use it have become enormously wealthy over the last few years. While inflation has driven everyday prices higher and higher and out of our reach down here on the lower rungs, which includes the middle class. So all this fake money, which is very real, is not uh, the paper in your wallet so much as the debt that we take on, and in particular, businesses and governments taking on debts. In fact, money is the sum total of all the investments and debt converted to cash in the system the matrix even more the people who are closest to the so-called money printing even though the federal reserve doesn't print money are the people who benefit the most and so it is the matrix that enabled the famous stimulus during covid and kept everyone quiet during the lockdowns until now now all that so-called m2 slash money has caused an inflation which is a general and persistent increase in prices and costs Oh, there's plenty of excuses. There's the war in uh, Ukraine, which is way overestimated in terms of its economic impact. Uh, there's COVID and its uh, knock-on effects. There's something called so-called uh, cost-push inflation. These are just uh, distractions on the road to ruin. <laughs> but now, to stop this inflation, they have to crack the whip. They have to start pulling back on all of that liquidity. All those dollars, if you will, have to be withdrawn to bring inflation down. But every time they've cracked that whip, it has swung back to strike those who wield it in the ass, and it has caused a recession. Negative. That is downward growth in the country's gross domestic product uh, and for a persistent period of time, two quarters at the very least. If it's longer than two quarters or if it extends three, four, five quarters, it's actually a depression. And since the amount of so-called monetary stimulus is enormous, the whiplash effect is as likely to be enormous. In other words, as we walk through the Walmart, it's like there's something outside, a storm, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a big solar flare or something, but it could be a recession to beat all recessions. And a prolonged negative period of growth and deflation, which is a persistent general decrease in prices, is the hardest of all economic conditions to address. As a warning, 
It destroys businesses and jobs and people's lives, even while featuring great deals in lower prices if you can have the cash. Even more, if you took out debt during an inflationary period, then you have to pay it back in a deflation with more dollars than you would if inflation continued. So these are the, this is the economic straitjacket that the people who run the matrix are dealing with right now. As we walk through the Walmart and we try to figure out whether we can buy a toy today for $25 or another sheet or more of these staples. Because in a deflation, people say, well, you know, I would buy that now, but it's going to be cheaper tomorrow. So why should I buy it? Eventually, because stock prices are deflating. Actually, we're already seeing asset deflation in the stock market. That's deflation. When the market is down 30% and 20% since January highs, we are seeing essentially asset deflation. We don't call it that. We don't even think of it as that. But that is what it is. Businesses that seemed healthy in this kind of an environment go bankrupt. People who seemed uh, very wealthy and uh, people you never thought would go broke. And the fear factor in this kind of a situation is frightening. What happens is stocks sell off lower and lower until there are no more buyers. But on the way down, it sucks everybody in. Now, I don't know if this is where we are right now. For all the discussion of the 1970s, oh, it's just like the 1970s out there. This is a condition called a panic. The 1970s was not really a panic because inflation never really, we never, we never went through a period of deflation. We went through several periods or waves of inflation and eventually inflation came down to 6%. It wasn't till like the late 80s and early 90s that we got inflation down to around 2% for an extended period of time. And quite honestly, nobody knew why. So for, again, all the discussion of the 1970s, I think that we should think 1929 or 1933 or 1907. Suddenly, a, a period where all of the best efforts by all the smartest people because they know where all the levers are, uh, fail and um, the matrix falls. We have not had this happen in this country in five generations. And if this is what happens, it will shake the country to its core. So when you hear people like uh, Jay Powell talking about quote-unquote safe landings. We're going to get inflation down and uh, we're not going to have a recession. If they keep raising interest rates and pulling liquidity out of the system, this is the oil that runs the system. There's way too much liquidity in the system between all of the uh, relief stimulus from the COVID and everything else. But really what's important is what they have been doing by holding interest rates down for so long, even before the pandemic. So we have to go, uh, in order to fix the inflation, which is at 9.3% currently, they have to reverse all of that. And again, if this does happen, if it causes a, if they overreach, which I'm told the Fed always does, if this happens, it will shake this country to the core. Look around you in this Walmart. What do you see? It's almost a placid, uh, trance-like experience walking through the Walmart. And, it, and I've got my headphones on. And I, 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 one of the things that blows my mind is I didn't realize how loud it is in, <laughs> in Walmart. But if the Matrix breaks, which it, there's a very good chance that it will, it will shake the country to its core. It, it will be amazing to watch shock and fear uh, 
and millions of everyday Americans will pay the price. It's just the way it is. Being out here and being able to visit the Walmarts and visit the Safeways and, and so forth of the world for me is very interesting. And this is one of the reasons I do this, to watch this experience. Again, I'm spending time out here myself because I'm waiting for all of this to roll over and I'm waiting for disinflation and eventually, disinflation is, is basically a drop in prices within the rate of inflation. We're starting to see it with uh, crude oil. We're starting to see it with stocks. We're starting to see some evidence that the housing market is, is starting to roll over. And in that there's winners and losers in every single transaction as we head for the uh, checkout counter here. I, I just, I do this podcast. I've wanted to do this podcast for a while. There's an economic term, whiplash. I'm talking about what happens when they have to raise interest rates real fast, and then there it, there is an immediate drop in prices, and you start to get into inflation, and then they have to, you know, lower rates again to try to re-stimulate, and we start going up and down like that. I think we're headed for a deflation, and I think it could be serious, and we'll see what happens. And I appreciate people listening through as we go through the Walmart, and let's keep our fingers crossed and remain self-sufficient, whether we're nomads or living back in the world. Hot enough throughout most of the country to have been glad that I made the suggestion that people should have Ryan Plumbing and Heating come over and check their AC units to make sure that they are working correctly. But what about saving money on water? Now, I'm out west. Water is at a premium. But even in the Midwest and in the east, water is at a premium. And it's starting to cost more. And people really don't notice it. So uh, talk to Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul about uh, some of the systems that you're running. Because a lot of these houses, these things were designed 100 years ago. And especially in St. Paul, you got a lot of old houses with old plumbing and old toilets and everything else. If you can replace some of that stuff, you'll save money over the years on heating bills. For more info, call Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul, 651-224-4771. In Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. They've been in business on University Avenue for 70 years. Quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems. Residential and business. And as Ryan says, you know, uh, there's very little that we have not seen in 70 years of business. And as I said, ask him about imp improving the efficiency of your systems for home or business. You can call him at 651-224-4771 in St. Paul, in Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. Ryan Plumbing and Heating. Click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com or visit ryanplumbing.com. Well, time to head back out to the vehicle and hang out in the Walmart parking lot. Now, these parking lots in Provo, these uh, Walmarts in Provo, surprisingly enough, do not uh, make you leave. You're able to still do what you used to be able to do in the Walmart parking lot. I have other options, truck stops and... Uh, and the Loves is my favorite. Of course, uh, Cracker Barrel is a new favorite for kind of hanging out. So I'm going to be here all night at the Walmart parking lot. And over the next couple weeks, get all the stuff I need to get done done. And then I'm heading south down to the desert in Utah for a whole different experience. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1063, the Bob Davis Podcasts. The tangled matrix we weave.
Terrible